vaccine madness. That's what we're in the midst of, my friends, vaccine madness, as the government seeks to increase its power using this COVID-19 non-pandemic, I'll call it, even though they're calling it a pandemic, as the reason for doing a whole host of things that government shouldn't be empowered to do. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury, and welcome to another episode of the Jamie Dury Show podcast. If you have not already done so, please subscribe to the show, and you can do so in one of three easy ways. Simply click on the Google Play Store, the iTunes App Store, depending which device you use, and search out the Jamie Dury Show podcast. You can subscribe, you can be notified of additional episodes when they're uploaded, you can leave reviews, make comments, whichever you wish to do, and we would like plenty of both. Please give us a five-star review. The more reviews we get, the faster we can grow the show. If you'd prefer to use a third-party podcast aggregator app instead of using your native app, simply search out the Podbean app in either the Google Play Store or the iTunes App Store. Search out The Jamie Dury Show, and you can subscribe that way. Any way you subscribe, we'll know about it, and you'll be notified of new episodes when they're uploaded. Now, a few days ago during the last podcast, I had made mention, among other things, that the CDC was now recommending that 5 to 11-year-olds be given the COVID-19 vaccine. And I said that that was a fool's errand. Now, I'm going to repeat some of the things that I covered uh, in that podcast. First of all, all of these people that are now proponents of the vaccine are forgetting one very simple fact. There are some, in some cases, severe side effects to this vaccine, not the least of which is inflammation of the heart. Now, the heart is a pretty important organ. It's our little ticker that keeps us going. It starts beating the day we're born, and it doesn't stop beating until the day we die, and we hope that's a long time for some of these young children. Now, the CDC is trying to say there's only been 400 cases of of heart inflammation as a result of these vaccines. A study I read from Harvard Medical School, which is not a fly-by-night organization, says there's been over 1,000 such cases. Now, interestingly, there have been 1.9 million children between the ages of 5 and 11, according to the CDC, that have contracted COVID-19 in the United States since this uh, outbreak began. 1.9 million. Now, of those 1.9 million, only 8,300 were sick enough to require hospitalization. Now, let me save you some time for those of you who are not fluent in math or are not statisticians. That represents a percentage of five thousandths of one percent. It means you take one percent, divide it into a thousand pieces, multiply it by five. That's how insignificant that number is. Of those 1.9 million, 94 children died from COVID-19. So they say. We don't know if they died from complications of COVID-19, may have had underlying issues because you know they've been fudging death certificates left and right. People that were in, for instance, adults who were in Calvary, which is a hospital here in New York where people go for end-of-life care, people who were terminally ill with cancer. Uh, They do a test 
post-mortem on their corpse. If they test positive for COVID, they write down their death as being COVID because everybody's getting on the COVID gravy train. You get a lot of money the more COVID deaths you have. So we can't really say these 94 children who perished, perished specifically because of COVID. But assuming that they did, that represents five one hundred thousandths of one percent. Now, these are pretty statistically insignificant numbers. Now, even one death will not be insignificant to the person whom it befalls or their family. But let's realize that we can't live in a world where no one dies. We, don't, we can't pursue perfection. We want to pursue reasonableness. We want to achieve reasonableness. We can't con- make perfection or zero death or zero infection uh, our gold standard. We're never going to achieve it. But the point is, even assuming that all 94 of these children who died, died from COVID-19, and even assuming that all of children in the 5 to 11 age group were vaccinated, if there is a reduction in the number of deaths, when you're talking about numbers so small, there is no way to, within a reasonable degree of medical certainty, determine that it was the vaccine that caused the reduction. Such an assumption would be nothing more than anecdotal evidence. When you're talking about 500 thousandths of 1%, 94 deaths out of 1.9 million, a reduction to, say, 74 or 54 or even 34 deaths the following year could simply be the result of random chance, meaning they could have been a reduction that was going to take place anyway and is not traceable to any vaccine or any preventive. So we're taking an awful lot of risk on our children in terms of affecting their long-term health, uh, particularly their hearts, to prevent something which is really not lethal for them in any meaningful way. To say nothing of the fact that the companies who make these vaccines, and now even the CDC admits, that the efficacy of them wanes in a relatively short period of time. After a matter of months, the efficacy wanes and you need a booster shot. So what are we supposed to do? Continually get boosted against this uh, infection? I was seduced by arguments that seemed compelling at the time that if I wanted to continue to run my other businesses, I would need to get vaccinated. And I thought that perhaps if my wife and I were vaccinated, maybe our son wouldn't have to be living home with us in close confines. Now, They seem to want to vaccinate the whole world, and it's for no purpose. Project Veritas has verified, and an Israeli study of two and a half million people has verified that if you've had COVID-19, if you were unfortunate enough to get it, but fortunate enough to survive it, which was the vast majority of people, you now have deeper, more complete, and longer-lasting immunity than anyone who received a vaccine has. Of course, Rachel Walensky, the head of the CDC, disagrees with that. In her opinion, the evidence of natural immunity superiority provided by certain studies is murky, and they have better evidence of the vaccines. But we have testimony uncovered from Project Veritas on the part of researchers at Pfizer itself 
that says you have more complete immunity. These are the researchers saying this. You have more complete immunity from natural immunity because all the vaccines do, they don't inject you with a real virus, although I believe the Johnson & Johnson one does, but these messenger, mRNA messenger vaccines that Moderna and Pfizer are using just inject you with a protein that from the outside, a spike protein, resembles the same cell as a COVID-19. So that when the COVID-19 virus enters your body, your immune system generates a response against these cells. But a virus is more than an external shape. It has internal components in the cell as well. These vaccines do nothing to replicate that. Natural immunity, however, does. And natural immunity is something that mankind has relied upon to give us long-lasting and, and uh, immunity in perpetuity, so to speak, against a host of things, including real bona fide pandemics, like the bubonic plague, which came in three major waves across the European and Asian continents and wiped out approximately half the population of Europe, a highly fatal uh, contagion, yet the body's immune system recovered. Uh, and allowed people to survive, allowed the human race to survive. And that's when medical science was in a primitive stage. We know more about it now. We have therapeutics that will help people survive until natural immunity takes over. Um, and COVID-19 is in no way anywhere remotely uh, approaching the lethality of bubonic plague or even that of the Spanish flu. We still have an overall rate of mortality of the population of COVID-19 of something under 3%. It is far from a lethal uh, vaccine. It has been made into a lethal vaccine by, uh, I'm sorry, a lethal uh, disease by people who want to exploit people's fear and used it to manipulate a host of things. They're using it to control the population. They're using it to control commerce. They're using it to uh, advance a social agenda. They used it to illegally change election laws and steal an election in 2020, and they're continuing to use it. And that is in large part because this country, ladies and gentlemen, despite what you may think, is not governed by elected officials. Yes, you have the House of Representatives. Yes, you have the Senate. They make laws. But by and large, even those legislative bodies have abdicated their authority when they created a host of federal agencies, bureaucracies, that issue not laws arrived at by deliberative, legislative, and contemplative, uh, contemplative debate, but are arrived at by fiat, by some executive. They're regulations that have the force of law that no one votes on and are almost beyond challenge. That's why you have lunatics like this Rochelle Walensky, who's now in charge of the CDC, which stands for the Centers of Disease Control, nothing to do with banking or mortgages, issuing regulations that even the president says when he's with it, which is about an hour out of every 24, considering he's a dementia-ridden old fool, uh, they don't have the power to enforce because it's illegal. And by that, I'm referring to her mandate some weeks back that... Um, She's going to put a suspension on all evictions for people that can't pay their mortgages. No suspension on the uh, taxes that these landlords have to pay to the states, but people don't have to pay rent. They can just live there rent-free. There's no authority within the CDC to allow her to do that, but yet 
That's exactly what they're doing. But the liberal states are jumping on the bandwagon. Once the CDC went forward with this recommendation to vaccinate the very, very young, places like California and New York City jumped on the bandwagon. And now the city of San Francisco wants to do it too. California, Governor uh, Governor Gavin Newsom, who should have been recalled, announced on November 3rd, a new vaccination program for children 5 to 11 that will allocate 1.2 million vaccines for the age group and set up 4,000 vaccine sites throughout the state. Now, before we go on with that, let's go back to those numbers I gave you before. I told you that there were 1.9 million children age 5 to 11 that were infected with COVID-19 since this began, resulting in 8,300 hospitalizations, which is five thousandths of 1% of the infected people, and resulting in 94 deaths, which is five one-hundred-thousandths of 1%. But 1.9 million people, or children, is not the total number of children in the 5 to 11 age group. That population is more approaching 20 million. So when you look in relation to the risk posed to the population as a whole, you have to look at not simply the 1.9 million who got sick, but the entire population. So of the entire population, uh, a very small percentage actually contracted COVID. Uh, well, not very small. If let's, let's say it was 20 million. If 2 million uh, got infected, you could say 10% of the population uh, contracted it. So 90% didn't even get it. And, that's all, and, and we're still looking at infinitesimal numbers just among the 2 million people that got it. So we've got a, a country uh, that is populated by blue state governors that are completely vaccine happy. So you've got Newsom wanting to in- inject all these people. And now you have New York City jumping on the bandwagon in keeping with everything else he's done to destroy the city. On his way out, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, less than two months in office, announced just yesterday morning, I'm sorry, Wednesday morning, two mornings ago, that the city's public schools will start administering COVID-19 vaccines to 5 to 11-year-old students next week, the Pfizer vaccine. Quote, we're going to have in each of our schools that has kids in that 5 to 11-year range, we're going to have a day for each school when vaccination is provided at the school building and that parents will receive a lot of notice reminding them about the opportunity to get their children vaccinated at their local school sites. Schools will make sure that children are either accompanied by a parent or guardian or have written or verbal consent for the vaccination. de Blasio acknowledged that some parents may prefer going to their child's doctor or a city-run vaccination site, which will start giving the shots on Thursday. All choices are good choices, but we want to make it available and easy for parents. They didn't waste any time. The de Blasio administration made this announcement just a few hours after that idiot, Rochelle Walensky, recommended that 5 to 11-year-olds be vaccinated. This is insanity. And any parent that allows their child to get vaccinated, unless you can tell me your child has a pre-existing condition which really predisposes them for a bad result if they contract COVID-19, I think you're out of your bloody mind. The negativity, the negative side effects of getting this vaccine in a young child like that, 
vis-a-vis the risks of anything bad happening if they get it or even if they get it at all is just a no-brainer. I have a 13-year-old and there is no way in hell I'm letting them stick a needle in his arm. I'll keep my son home and fully remote before I allow him to get that vaccine, to go to school for what? To play intramural sports in a system where increasingly nobody's allowed to win? Everybody's a winner. Everybody gets a trophy. This is complete bullshit. This is a way to do a number of things all in one shot. It's a way to change election laws to keep their power hold grip as a stranglehold. Uh, You've seen already the DOJ threatening states that want to go back to the way election laws were before they were changed because of this COVID, saying that they're now trying to suppress the vote. It wasn't considered vote suppression before they were changed when that was the way things were, now because they were changed in a way that allowed corruption and they want to be changed back to the way it was before, they're now trying to suppress the votes. Everything has become a political narrative. They're using this to, like I said, maintain their stranglehold on power, to manipulate elections, to manipulate the population by getting you to accept anything, all because of fear, and they're making a fortune of money for people that give it right back to them. These pharmaceutical companies, Bill Gates, they're going to make billions on these vaccines. The fact that you're not paying for it or people are getting it for free doesn't mean someone isn't paying for it. The government is buying these vaccines. The government has no money except that which they appropriate or very often misappropriate from private people. So you're paying for it or somebody's paying for it one way or another. And regardless of who's paying for it, All the money is going into the pockets of Bill Gates and his ilk and these pharmaceutical companies, and they now take a substantial portion of that money, and they donate it to politicians. And who do you think they're donating it to? Donating it to Democrats to do more of the same. This stuff is just really out of control. Now, the CDC is trying to potentiate this by saying that studies show that vaccines offer more evidence, uh, offer more protection than um, natural immunity. We now have additional evidence, says this nut Walensky, that reaffirms the importance of COVID-19 vaccines, even if you have had prior infection. The results line up with some studies, but differ greatly from still others, including a major real-world study from Israel. And I really like that Israeli study, not because I simply like the result, But that Israeli study isn't 5,000 or 10,000 people. It's two and a half million people who contracted COVID-19 and survived. And their immune rate, their um, antibody rate rather, is on the order of five times or more higher than any vaccine can provide. And it doesn't wane as quickly as what you get from the vaccine does. So natural immunity is still number one for me. Now, I agree with people in the CDC and the FDA that since there is some risk in getting COVID-19, I don't recommend you go out and make a concerted effort to contract COVID-19 as a way of achieving immunity. But if you've been unfortunate enough to get COVID, but fortunate enough to survive it, stay the hell away from these vaccines. They're not doing jack shit for you. All they're doing is making money for the people who are giving it to you. Don't get it. No reason to get it whatsoever. But this is what's going on. And in order to sell this even more, 
As of September 1st, the CDC changed the definition of what a vaccine is, all because of COVID-19 vaccines. In this article here, the Center for Disease Control altered the definition of a vaccine because of concern that the definition didn't apply to COVID-19 vaccines, according to newly released internal emails. The former definition of a vaccine was a product that stimulates a person's immune system to produce immunity to a specific disease, protecting that person from that disease. The definition now reads, a preparation that is used to stimulate the body's immune response against diseases. Now, the first definition is the one you and I have come to. You get a vaccine, it prevents you from getting the disease. They're not saying that in this new definition. You're still going to get COVID-19. You more than likely will get it. You're just going to get supposedly a less severe version of it, but you're still going to get it. Now, this definition is there because most people who got these vaccines operated on the assumption that because it was called a vaccine and being uh, familiar in a lay way, a lay person's way of what a vaccine does, felt they weren't going to get COVID-19. Alicia Downs, lead health communication specialist for the CDC, messaged a colleague on August 19th saying that she needed to update the definition and others like it since these definitions are outdated and being used by some to say COVID-19 vaccines are not vaccines per the CDC's own definition. That's because they weren't vaccines per the CDC's own definition. She didn't get a response, so she messaged again the following week. The definition of vaccine we have posted is problematic, and people are using it to claim the COVID-19 vaccine is not a vaccine based on our own definition. Valerie Morelli, another CDC official, then approved the change on September 1st, even though it seems to differ greatly from a definition that she had laid out in an earlier document. If this is for the general public, I am good with the change. What jokes? What jokes? These people just do whatever they want, whenever they want. But yet, despite all these administration uh, snafus, despite the mandates that people are now challenging, despite all of this, it still rules for thee, not for me. Despite private companies of 100 people or more going to be required to show mandates, uh, show, show the vaccine on their employees or show that they're being tested every week, we're still not going to have that for Congress. Congress gets a pass. And Congress, you will recall, consists of 535 elected members. And this exemption extends not only to them, but to their staff and aides as well. So this really is sort of a royalty that thinks they're just above everything, that they're going to um, mandate to all us serfs what we have to do, and should do, and should not do, while acting like feudal lords and let them eat cake and so forth. It's really quite shameful. And it's quite disgusting. And I'm not surprised at all, but I'm gravely disappointed 
that the city of New York is following suit with all of these fools in California and other states that are going forward with these mandates. However, 11 states, I believe, in one way or another, are challenging these mandates, including uh, the state of Kansas, where the governor there is a Democrat who thinks these things are unlawful, and the horse is already out of the barn and they serve no real purpose. So there are people who are fighting back. We know Ron DeSantis has been a big opponent of it down in Florida, but other people are fighting this. This thing is far from over, and I really do believe the Supreme Court is going to have to weigh in on this and get off its hands and not punt like it did in the election. People's liberties are being deprived, people's rights are being deprived, and people should not be forced to take a vaccine under the aegis of government authority because it ostensibly is necessary to protect the population from perishing. This is bullshit. This is not the Black Plague with a 50% mortality rate. It's not the Spanish flu. It's a disease that in the general population at large has a mortality rate of less than 3%, actually less than 2%. Even people who are 70 above have a 95% survival rate of this damn thing. This is not necessary for our survival. This is necessary for the survival of a predatory, expansionist government which seeks to use every crisis as an excuse to enhance the power within itself. And it is the obligation of every red-blooded American patriot to fight back against this tyrannical foe. And we know what it is. We know who it is. It's the Democratic Party. The Communist Democratic Party of the United States. And its fetters in Communist parties around the world. For The Jamie Dury Show, I'm Jamie Dury. 